Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry, only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Peacock fuels your true crime obsession with exclusive new originals like John Wayne Gacy, Devil in Disguise. He said to me, clowns can get away with murder. Dr. Death. The Undoctored Story. This guy's dangerous. And Epstein's shadow, Ghislaine Maxwell. She inherited Jeffrey Epstein's secrets. There was this whole other world going on. Plus the most bingeable crime series, Buried in the Backyard and Snapped. And with the Dateline 24-7 channel that's always on. Did you want her death? You can't not obsess. Sign up now at PeacockTV.com. Hey guys, it's Disco Dave Hannity here. Welcome to episode 77 of There Will Be No Encore. <laughs> is, that actually, <laughs> is that actually your intro? That's that's my, uh, that's my um, yeah, that's you, basically. That's it. Yeah, yeah. That it's, was that's very it. close to being you, Dave. I messed it up last time and I'll mess it up again and every time you ask me, I will mess it, it up. It is difficult. <laughs> Dave, most weeks you mess it up. <laughs> I well, mean, sorry. Here's what it should have sounded like. Hello, my name is Dave Hannity <laughs> and there will be no encore. Welcome to episode 77 of the No Encore Music Podcast. <laughs> Dahi, I don't think you have a future as a podcast host, <laughs> but we're glad to have you back. Yay, he's back! Hey, I'm very happy to be here. He's Thank back because uh, I may have said at uh, the last episode that Claire Beck would be here, but it turns out I'm an awful liar because yeah. she's not. Uh, unfortunately, she was called away for working purposes, but will uh, come on to the show before she goes off and travels again. It's been a year-long saga of trying to book Claire on the show, yeah. but we'll get her. Usually not in the same continent, so yeah, well, the yeah. problem. She's, you know... She, she's just DJing at Mother at this weekend. If you want to catch an aloof there. character, but we'll we'll get her. We'll get her. Now she would have been recapping Electric Picnic, but Dahi will be doing that for us instead. But first, Craig Fitzpatrick, we haven't even talked about it. Uh, you know. I'm back. Uh, it's my glorious return yeah. as well, yeah. right? Yeah. Everyone, yeah. get hype. Yeah. Feel oh. very much overshadowed. This week. <laughs> Craig's, <laughs> Dahi. Cra- uh, Craig's a student again. Everyone, we are, um, is yeah. that okay to be revealed? Like, yeah, of course. Yeah. Put it out there in the world. Yeah. I'm a student about town. How has your initiation been? 
uh, the first day, you know, you think you go and it's an induction day and it's just going to be like a talk and here's your timetable. No, there was like team building, sorry, team dynamics. Oh, kind of stepping through hula hoops without breaking the yeah, chain. Yeah, and like throwing balls to each other and having Jesus. to memorize Did what. Did you like, catch anybody at any time? Or no, luckily there was no falling backwards or anything like that. But <laughs> and there was you, building of you paper hate towers. people, though. Like, this I hate is, people. Yeah, I just hate people intensely. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I'm going into advertising. <laughs> um, so yeah, apart from that, it was all good. <laughs> Twin Peaks, it's over. Are we allowed to talk about it, though? Because some people might... Cullum hasn't seen any of it, but like, let's yeah, not get into spoilers. Yes, yeah, so you're not allowed. Can you, yeah. <laughs> all we'll say, is, you all we'll say is it's come to an end, and yeah. uh, how do we all feel about it real quick? I wasn't sure at the very start, but I'm pretty satisfied now. I think I'm pretty okay with it. Um, I'd say that, yeah, same thing. I was kind of traumatized, but I've gone back and watched it a couple of times, and it's actually... I, I like the way it wrapped up now. Yeah, I'm in the there? same boat. Yeah. Uh, I think you can definitely easily construct a piece against the, the entire show. And <laughs> you can. Very easy. No, you can. Yeah, you're yeah. selling it to me here. You could very easily be like, okay, every decision they made was the wrong decision. But then again, you know, you got what you got. I think it was pulled off expertly in a lot of places. Yeah, it was frustrating here and there, and there's some things that definitely would have changed, and some characters I wanted to see more of and less of. But what can you do? What I will say about the ending, which did initially leave me cold, is that is one of the most nightmarish final few minutes of anything I've ever mm. seen. And yeah. it's so simple. Yeah. Like it's, it's so it's simple and yet, you know, I felt amazing. so like disorientated and like just like ah it's like you're actually there. I went to therapy straight afterwards. Banging on the door. <laughs> yeah. I, I, <laughs> what's happening? Uh yeah, no, uh, very enjoyable. I'm looking forward to kind of, you know, going down the rabbit hole with a lot of things to do with it. And once again, Cheryl Lee should have been a bigger star. Yeah, she's fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. So good. All right, let's get stuck into uh, the major uh, issue of last weekend, which was, of course, Electric Picnic. Mm. Uh, Dave's festival hiatus continues unabated. <laughs> and yours and Craig's. None yeah. of us went. Well, well, I'm not on official well. hiatus. And I admit when I go to festivals these days. Uh, <laughs> Dahi, obviously you were there. You I played there. there. Uh, yeah, I played on the Sunday, but I... Uh, I we did the full hog. I had a tent for the first two days, and then I had a nice little hotel Rough for myself fingers. on Sunday. Yeah. So I didn't even count. But uh, and I even did like I did hot tubs on the Saturday morning, so that like I could like totally rest and relax. Like you know, I've totally lost it. Like there was a time when I used to sleep on the floor, like in half a sleeping bag, and like really, really go for it. But uh, change, man. I've, I've changed. I've changed. I've gotten too popular. Was it anything to do with this box drum I saw you tweeting about? Like <laughs> I have a very serious problem. I'm glad you brought that up. I'm yes. glad you brought that yeah, up. Yeah. At like nine a.m., there was somebody in. The VIP camping area, I might say, who had a friggin' box drum and was like playing the same beat that every single box drum player yeah. like plays forever. Yeah. Like I really dislike box drums across the board. Like I really, first of all, it's a terrible sounding instrument. There's yeah. like nothing good that can come from that instrument. Like no proper sound. And then it's always the instrument for the guy whose friend can play his guitar and sings. Yeah. So that the, he wants to just hang out and stuff. And that's what a box drum is for. It's literally you're sitting on your ass beside a friend who can actually play I feel like it's, you know, one of those like, kind of almost Twin Peaks evolution of the arm things that gave us the riptide movement with the, <laughs> with the box drum. I think really that's what it, I think that's what happened. Yeah, a box drum decided that the riptide movement should be a thing. Box drums are the worst. And then, you, and then you bring it into a campsite. Like, it's a heavy instrument too. And you bring it all the way. Like, ridiculous. Yeah, ridiculous. it is. Where'd you stand on a doob? Uh, <laughs> I, I didn't have any no, at the no, festival no. is that what you say oh, hey. <laughs> when I went to Body and Soul last year there was a guy in the campsite with an air horn Wow, <laughs> which I think is slightly worse that was kind of bittersweet for you Dave because uh, you love air horns I do love an air horn example <laughs>
There, there, you, there you go. <laughs> but not that time when I was on the side of a hill, you know, very World War One trenches style with rain seeping <laughs> into my tent and some guy being like, Err. Let's try to find the positives from the weekend. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, you see of course. Today? Yeah. Uh, Vince Stables was unbelievable. Yeah. Really, really amazing. Um, he had he, he had a great uh, silhouette was mainly the thing. It was just a massive orange screen and him leaning in different directions, like <laughs> banging out rhythms. Like it was amazing. It was really, really good. He was incredible. Uh, and then, I mean, I guess one of the duels were really, really good as well. Um, so it was hip hop definitely came out on top. Uh, New Jackson was really good at like 3 a.m. in the morning in Body and Soul. Um, Le Boom are becoming one of the biggest bands in the country. Like they've just been playing loads and loads of festivals this year. And this was like really a, like a high point where like loads of people know who they are now. They're kind of really stepping up as this great Irish band yeah. so I'm excited to see what they're going to release um, really really excited to see what their music is going to be like but uh, yeah they were they were unreal um, I saw David Tapley at one point friend of the show David friend Tapley friend of the show David Tapley Tandem Felix was playing with Paddy Hanna in, uh, in the Salty Dog um, and he was fantastic but their As instruments always. arrived halfway through or something like that they had some sort of drama but uh, but yeah it was good to see him play the know? instruments arrived halfway through yeah so like they got to this they got to the festival apparently and uh, maybe I shouldn't be saying <laughs> <laughs> they got to the festival and uh, their instruments didn't arrive to the stage at the time even though okay. they, they did there was a they did have a box up. drum luckily <laughs> they did have a box yeah, yeah, yeah. for half an hour box drums between them and <laughs> it, was, it was fantastic but, uh, but it, they arrived halfway through so it was a very rock star moment where their, their instruments that they weren't borrowing like arrived and nice. like, pulled it all together and Paddy cool. Hanna's fantastic well, well you mentioned Talpy there I mean you know he reviewed Beat Yard when he was on the show recently and it seemed to go down quite a storm <laughs> so we also had him provide us with some <laughs> reflections on his Electric Picnic weekend um, this is the Electric Picnic 2017 Strad Bali County Leash review by David Anthony Tapley, age 26 um, I went down on Saturday and I didn't see any bands and I watched the football and then I went home pretty succinct yeah <laughs> pretty succinct what a guy what a guy I'm on the field uh, yeah and, and th- I mean he, he's got a succinct review having played the festival uh, Dave I didn't go to the festival <laughs> I didn't I have seven pages of yeah. notes in seven front of pages of notes and I was getting messages from you all that's evening they, going what's going on here so you enjoyed like. it through the prism of the RT player that's correct wow. Greg uh, I decided yesterday to suffer from my art and I <laughs> put on the four hours and 51 minute coverage of Orti Does Lecky Picky 2017 <laughs> and I took and I have seven pages of notes we're not going to turn out <laughs> exhaustively so, to be fair uh, let's see how we get going right so <laughs> I managed to get through this uh, five hour block in about two hours maybe less Okay. Kind of selectively picking and choosing. Yeah, yeah. So here are some of my scattershot notes, and I, and I encourage you all to ask me some questions as well. Sure. If, if that's Dave, uh, if you're going to read out the seven pages, there will be no questions. Dave, I feel like the, the PowerPoint was a bit much. That's all I'll say. <laughs> well, you know, I, I try and jazz it up. Uh, the lighting in the studio uh, was more garish than some of the visuals in 1982 science fiction epic Tron. I found. Now it's the fourth consecutive year of the coverage, as hosted by Owen McDermott and Blotton and Tracy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Owen started off by dropping the word. So I want to give him a point for that one. <laughs> sure, I, yeah. I, I quite like that word. I, I, th- I want to take the point away though for Blonnet immediately congratulating him for using the word chicanery. They, uh, I, I mean, like you know, it's a shame they they were off to a good start, much like mm. you with the quiz last night that we did, <laughs> where you got one out of ten in the opening round. If you start with film round, it's not going to help me. Like, film is real Michael Owen over here. I know. Um, so uh, roving reporter. The roving reporter number one, they have two of them. Uh, This guy was described by Owen as a whirlwind of positivity. Uh, I'm going to let you hear what that sounds like now. Hey guys, I'm Danielle with the people. We've been the night of crazy stuff happening at the festival. Chat to you later, Owen and Blondheads. 
So yeah, that kind of just you know shouting to uh, denote enthusiasm mm-hmm. thing. Um, seems like a nice dude, but yeah. you know, it's, <laughs> I just Manudama, apparently. Yeah, yeah, I just feel like it's a bit much. Um, he's, this, he's Ortiz Gemma Carney in this situation. No, he's not because Ortiz Gemma Carney in the situation is actually Soraya Ryan. I know. Uh, who last year uh, got hassled by some guy at the oxygen bar? Remember that <laughs> uh, when he was some shirtless guy who was like, "Get it into you," and she was like, "I got my oxygen, a great time." Uh, she was their kind of Roven Porter slash interviewer, um, but the first segment proper was actually about festival fashion because that's what you tune in to, of course, a, yeah. to a festival coverage for, isn't it? Is there I mean, any like, Native American headdresses? There actually wasn't. There was lots Ooh. of fishnets. I'm glad you've also written it down. They, there was lots of fishnets, chokers, face paint, shorts, wellies, and uh, kind of fancy hats, bucket hats as well. Oh, okay. uh, but no. No real um, Native American headdresses on the go, which was kind of strange. No flower crowns either. I, I guess that that's over, perhaps. <laughs> uh, lots of forced banter in the studio. The first act that we got uh, by five and a half minutes in was Madness. Uh, I skipped this because scam means nothing to me. And <laughs> that was about 15 Vienna. minutes. Owen posited afterwards that uh, It Must Be Love is a masterpiece in the John Lennon imagined territory. Um, so basically, yeah, I mean, Soleil was there. She's pretty good. Uh, sure but, you know, you, you have your man going around meeting the punters. One of whom I'm pretty sure is a guy from my native Drada. One of those heads that you see around town but never actually talk to. Uh, he got his five minutes of fame. I got really bored during it. Like, I mean, you know, um, 37 minutes in, we got Jenny Green's orchestra that everyone raves about. Mm-hmm. I mean, they do songs that, you know, you I guess you hear in whatever leak slip Hans Craig would go to on a Saturday night and send his videos from. That doesn't sound grim at all. Um, <laughs> now, it's worth noting at this point that the sound here was absolutely appalling. And it's no exaggeration to state that the singer sounded like a strangled cat over a Casio keyboard preset. That's TV uh, at the, though, right? the, oh, of course it is. Yeah, oh yeah, it's TV. I'm sure when you're there, it's fine, but yeah. like it just doesn't really translate. Um, I duly skipped ahead and I landed on a very bland, identical Irish indie outfit. Who I think were little errors, but you know they could be any of that depressing milk toast litter. Uh, the stripes <laughs> were there, uh, despite their gimmick having long run its course. They did. Ah, now come on. They did the Slipknot thing of getting everyone to crouch down and jump up, but like you know when Corey Taylor does that and he tells the crowd to jump the fuck up. That's how you know to jump. Is that a Slipknot thing, or is that just an aerobics class? A lot of people do it, but I mean, Slipknot kind of like perfected it. I would say, but in this situation, the singer from the Stripes like showcased his complete lack of charisma by just waving his finger in the air, and people were looking around, being like, "Do we jump now?" And it just it didn't work. I mean, I don't know. Uh, Owen tells us that Killer Mike was instrumental in the Bernie Saunders campaign, you know, before bringing on Run the Jewels. I just don't think Run the Jewels translates to TV either. I mean, like it's the type thing where like you know, definitely not RTE TV. No, and I found myself kind of feeling like you know, if my parents switched onto this right now, they'd almost be validated to be like, well, this is crap, Dave. I'm like, yeah, because it just doesn't come off the screen very, very well. few acts do. Like, even when you watch Glastonbury on BBC, I mean, there's a handful of things you're like, I'm, in, I'm enjoying watching this at a remove. Yeah. It just doesn't translate. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, back in the studio, we had an interview with uh, Lyra. Uh, she sounds, what Cullen might sound like if he didn't have an inexplicable D4 accent. Um, she, she from Cork. She's yeah. from Cork. <laughs> she, uh, she, she, she uses the word cray unironically. And her favourite film is True Romance. That's what I learned from that. All right. Uh, Hudson Taylor were shown, and Owen said that they uh, that right there is everything that's right about Irish music in one, the Irish music scene in one song, which I don't agree with. They're lovely guys, though. I mean, I must confess, I've interviewed them before. Very nice lads. Yeah. But it's your classic, you know, shame about the music situation, really. Um, at this point, uh, as I'm sure yours is now, my patience really began to wane. Um, <laughs> and, you know, I just kind of, like, was skipping uh, full ahead here. And, I mean, like, you know, there was just, like, Soraya going full Gemma Kearney at um, Glastonbury by meandering her way to the Jerry Fish Electric Sideshow. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Maybe she got trapped there like the Black Lodge. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I've written down here Talos, good. Jafaris, decent. The XX, good. 
I'm on the last page of notes now. How's Jerry Fish's facial hair? <clears throat> Jerry Fish's facial hair looks like it's been well kept. Okay, good. Yeah. Um, it's always well stocked. That was the only festival update yeah. I needed. Pretty much, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and frankly, there wasn't even a hair knocked out of place when he had the most rapid back to studio it, pulled on him. It was unbelievable, oh, wasn't it? Right? It was actually incredible. We look forward to it. It's, yeah, it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, the sounds of Interpol don't take us to Interpol, uh, but rather a reliably bland package of the wonders of body and soul. Uh, you get some band of horses on the soundtrack. as a nice moment that they're another act that they won't be showing you. <laughs> um, as Soraya yeah, got her zen together. That's her words, not mine. At this point, I went to fix myself a delicious smoothie, and which wasn't bad. Uh, I returned to the divine comedy, phony and National Express, and I wondered if Neil Hannon was tired, bored, resentful, or all three, and I settled on all three. The rest no. of the show was... Yeah, uh, a good time when I was the rest of the show was Pete Tong and an orchestra. Um, it's all Pete Tong, really, yeah. isn't it? It's I, all gone Pete Tong. <laughs> yeah. I in the lashing rain. I don't know how anyone... I skipped forward a lot, and they were doing Insomnia by Faithless, and at that point, I, I shut down the laptop, and I went <laughs> yeah. off to do other things. Yeah. I, was, I was really pleased. I started watching the coverage. I literally watched, like, the first, like, three minutes, and then, again, like, Dave just started skipping ahead, and Dave messaged me, and he was like, no, man, I'll, I'll, I'll take care of it, don't worry. And I was just like... <laughs> Fine. The yeah. only note I managed to get down, uh, apart from the chicanery, um, <laughs> was that Sole and Blonde wore the same outfit. Shocking. Ooh. It was the exact oh. same outfit as well. Scarlet for extraordinary. It, it, it was a kind and of they one. called it out on the show, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I guess when a coincidence of that magnitude occurs, you really have to address it. And the fair play to, for Owen for stepping in there and <laughs> showing us what, what the host of a show like this should be doing. So, guys, that's my review. Any questions? Like the main point of that RTE show for Electric Picnic is basically for concerned parents to watch Electric Picnic, right? That's that's what it's for, <laughs> really? isn't it? Because that's the only so, thing yeah. I can think of. Like anyone who wants to go to Electric Picnic is probably going to go. Like most people who are going to festivals and stuff, they'll either go to that or they don't. So all I can picture is just like a load of concerned parents like looking out for their daughter. Is basically yeah, and, and also as well. I mean, it just seems like an extension of RTE's usual programming, really, as evidenced by the fact that when they have a lot of fantastic international acts, it's like you know, oh, and so there's Father John Misty. Hope you enjoyed it. Mm. We're joined in studio by some guys from Dublin, yeah, <laughs> and yeah, you're just yeah. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. well, yeah. we didn't even get anything like Father John Misty or Vince Staples or Interpol or anybody. I don't know how much of those rights issues or what it is, even but like, like stage. I was genuinely like surprised to see even Run the Jewels. I was like, oh. Well, they got Run the Jewels for a, for a song, fair enough. A lot of the people you mentioned there were on the main stage, so maybe they only had rigs for maybe like two stages or something. There like was that. definitely nothing apart. Oh no, I, actually, so no, no, sorry. They did um, been... they did show that thing. Uh, I think it was in Rankin's Wood, the Irish, the story of hip hop thing that yep. where you had right. DJ Mo another orchestra job. And there, no, there's a lot of buzz about this. Yeah, uh, there, yeah. It, it was Jafaris is another Jafaris Mango, Eric Cody, and Jess Cav of yep. Bark. And I have to say, I mean, like, granted, you know, it's an orchestra with them, and they're they're just doing like Snoop and Kanye and just and Tupac, but they look like fucking stars. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. I could see why that went down as well as it did. Yeah, you'd imagine as a live show that would be that would kill. I'd say that yeah. would be tremendous. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, like it, it was one of the most talked about things of the weekend. So fair play. As we wrap up the picnic talk, if you want to criticize a live show in the future, <laughs> why not make it ours? <laughs> uh, September twenty eighth, we are in Wheelands for No Encore Live Two. I can say we because we're looking forward to it. (laughs) (laughs) He will be part of it, and as you can hear, Jerry Fish will not. Very excited, yeah, yeah. And uh, we've also got Elaine May and overhead the Albatross playing uh, tickets. on Ticketmaster, they cost twelve euro a pop. They're selling, baby. Get stuck in. Um, yeah. So uh, yeah, festival and gig talk. Um, Apple have decided that they want no more part of this. Um, yeah, yeah. Like I think Dave's. <laughs> they heard the review. Dave's whole like festivals are over thing seems to be catching on. I, Apple have I, 
lesson. I am <laughs> setting the trend. I think we're just getting old. I Do think maybe Apple's just, getting old. Point, like, <laughs> there's plenty more people under still going to festivals, lads. I'm sorry. Possibly. Well, Apple has axed its yearly London Music Festival that's had the likes of Foo Fighters, Elton John, Alicia Keys, and Ed Sheeran all in the past. And even they didn't save it. <laughs> um, it's been going for like 10 years as the iTunes Festival, rebranded as the Apple Music Festival a couple of years ago. It was held in the Roundhouse in London. Um, and it's cancelled, essentially. Yeah, I guess more interestingly, they're kind of suggesting that they're going to be concentrating on uh, music-themed content for Apple TV. Yeah, um, they've already launched. <laughs> they're fucking karaoke. pivoting. They're pivoting to video. They're pivoting for, to video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, The suggestion <laughs> so that they are listening to Dave is, is entirely dissuaded by the fact that they've picked up Carpool Karaoke for a series. Yeah, <laughs> they won't be getting my money. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, and um, yeah, apparently, the like apps. they've hired like some guys from Sony to come in and develop shows there. Have you seen the Planet of the Apps stuff? That just seen looks it. like the worst show. It's like Will I Am and Jessica Alba just being like it's Will I Am talking yeah. like they're Steve Jobs and visionaries and He's got a sci fi novel coming out. Will I Am. Yeah. I'm not surprised. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, a day one purchase, I would say. Yeah. yeah, you have all these people with like app ideas and the, the kind of gimmick that they have is, you know, the like elevator pitch, which is like you should just be able to get someone in a lift and be like, Here's my great yeah. idea. They've gone with like an escalator pitch. So the so people have with, with where I am on an escalator, <laughs> like going down, they're an coming down an escalator. They have to be like, right, here's my idea. <laughs> Will I am? No, that's full Donald Trump. And then, isn't it? And then if, if they go for it, do they press a button and then the escalator goes back up again? <laughs> and if they reach the bottom, they fall off a cliff. I sure I hope, I hope. I hope someone makes that Mitch Hedberg joke about how if an escalator breaks down, it doesn't break down; it just becomes Come stairs. stairs. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry for the convenience. <laughs> Well, you mentioned Ed Sheeran there. Uh, he is responsible for a lot of things. And it's good news for people who have similarly fiery hair. Because apparently, uh, a study has found that more men with red hair are like having sex. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, yeah, Craig is to edit this. Yeah, let's yeah. talk about this. Oh, for fuck's sake. Like, I found myself reading that and I was like, wait, hang yeah, on. Our, our script basically got censored because Craig tried <laughs> to print it out in an office that was blocking swear words. So, he's had to edit this. There's and, hashtags everywhere. Yeah. And, so, and suddenly, yeah, men with red hair are having more sex. Hashtagging. Uh, are <laughs> that a term? all over the place. Yeah. They're trying to send letters to people during the war. Or so the, word, <laughs> <laughs> the word sex is bleeped out. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking hell. Uh, okay, so uh, this study uh, found that one in five men in red hair aged 25 to 34 have been getting more hashtag attention <laughs> from the opposite hashtag with the, <laughs> with the continuing rise of Ed Sheeran's fame. It was also found that ginger men have been receiving less jokes about their hair colour. So, um, you know, one for bullies to be to lament, I suppose. Uh, it's unsurprising that redheads are attracting more attention now than previous years, said the spokesperson for this study. Uh, donning fiery red locks are popular among... Donning. Donning, <laughs> yeah. Donning. Like choice, You're not like, a Lego yeah. person. Like, it's fully fit on at the start of the day. Uh, popular among both male and female celebs with stars like Emma Stone and Isla Fisher leading the leading way Leading the way by existing. <laughs> redheaded women. Ed Sheeran has shown how his appearance has no effect on his talent. That's a bit of that a That is thing, an amazing thing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> people are embracing their natural colour. It seems like when it comes to gingers, the brighter, the better. Oh, well, I'm happy for them. I'm it glad. sounds like a lot of hashtag to me, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, lads. Now, well, one person who kind of has auburn hair when he's not wearing a mask is Corey Taylor, the aforementioned Corey Taylor of Slipknot fame. Oh, does he? Yeah, it kind oh, of. Oh, so this is ginger sticking together then, isn't it? Well, this is the thing. I mean, like, like he has spoken out about the state of music in the industry, praising Ed Sheeran and slamming Justin Bieber for his <laughs> supposed appropriation of metal culture. This was odd. Well, here's the thing. I want. I'm very. Con- 
conflicted when it comes to this man because I love Slipknot mm-hmm. and to this day I love Slipknot. I think they're a terrific, terrific band, especially Alive, and they're a very formative band for me and I still love them. But anything that Corey Taylor does outside of Slipknot makes me want to roll my eyes like the fucking Undertaker. He's got a new book coming out. Ever since he started writing books, he's just become this blowhard annoyance. Mm. Uh, he's got a book coming out called America, America 51, 51, which sees him discuss the current political climate in the United States. No, Corey, please no. What are you doing? So, yeah, speaking to The Guardian, you know, he's talked about how a lot of bands are splitting up because they can't make a living out of music. And he's saying the industry is trying to make peace with streaming, trying to monetize it. I'm in a unique situation because I'm in the old system, but I'm able to make a pretty decent living with the new one. I find it hard to buy the hand that feeds me. At the same time, I see all these other bands who can't get a break. Uh, I'm stoked for people like Ed Sheeran. That kid worked his hashtag off. (laughs) So why shouldn't he get the recognition? But at the same time, when his songs dominated the charts because of streaming, where's the fairness? What about the other artists who worked their hashtag off, but maybe didn't have a million streams? I mean, it's a point, but where's the fairness? That's not exactly very metal, is it? Rock and roll. Yeah. I I, I mean, as well, yeah. You know, if it's like Ed Sheeran is making a living because he's outselling those other people. Hmm. Do we want some sort of socialist chart? <laughs> yeah, do what we, is, Corey? What is, is he communist? Is he? No, he's he suddenly is he a dirty communist. He suddenly then goes uh, talking about the appropriation of metal culture yeah. within mainstream fashion worlds, and uh, yeah, you're talking about like you know, uh, punk just, and metalers. You can't taking, explain it. You're like you can't complain about this stuff. No, like, no, no, no. So you really stupid. can. He's talking about like shaved heads and black clothing and stuff like that. <laughs> uh, but then he goes, uh, "Oh, but Justin Bieber's line in pseudo metal T-shirts. He can hashtag my hashtag." <laughs> and <laughs> Like, I mean, appropriation of metal culture. Is, oh, I mean, is for this God's where we've sake. got? Sorry, yeah. sorry. Uh, yeah. it's, let's tell everyone. <laughs> Dahi had a little bit of an emotional moment there. He was like, "Oh yeah, what happened?" At the, speaking of that T-shirt that he's oh, talking yeah. about, oh, yeah. we were both at a Justin Bieber concert. Yes, we of were. Of course, enjoying it immensely. Yeah, and Dahi was enjoying it so much that he 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 slammed down forty five euro for a yeah, T-shirt because I thought it'd be a, a hilarious, amazing T-shirt to have all the time. Yeah, and it had that like the metal thing that just says Bieber and is like very like a long sleeve thing and then we went out that night had a few drinks I swanned off into the evening Dahi went to get a slice at a local pizza emporium and you left it behind I left it behind devastating and I went back the next day to the pizza place and they were like we don't know about any any t-shirt like that 45 euro worth of beaver (laughs) t-shirt it's a very nice t-shirt as well it was a lovely t-shirt I think you need to I think you need to reappropriate your logo in the form of the Slayer font now it's amazing (laughs) the No Anchor one would look better actually an exact remake of uh, the Justin Bieber t-shirt that's a good idea Mm. yeah get it ready for the live show maybe let's look into it merchandise get get Kendall and Carly Jenner's uh, image consultant on the phone <laughs> um, we'll, see, we'll see what we can do. Uh, Craig. Hi. Do you want to, let's put a smile on that face. Yeah, it's, we? Been, it's been a long week. You're a big fan of Ezra Koenig. Yeah, I like his work. And he says that the new Vampire Weekend album is 80% done. Great. I'm but very excited. He added well, the last 20% well. is the hardest part, so therefore it could be another year. Yeah. It is, yeah. <laughs> he um, answered the question quite bizarrely when a fan asked him by baking the question onto a pie. He's very active on Twitter. He is. He's very fans. good on Twitter. He's very funny. Yeah, he's a funny bloke. Um, yeah, kind of a bit like anxiously awaiting that one, seeing as Ross, it'll be their first without Rostam. So will he be able to kind of run the show? I'm sure he will. He's, he's a great The last it. record, Modern Vampires of the City, is an absolute triumph. Yep. And you would hope that they can hit those heights again. But yeah, there's a lot of curiosity with this one. But he's a curious guy. And he's got another project. <laughs> yeah, this made me curi- very curious indeed. <laughs> curiouser. <laughs> curiouser and curiouser. He's working with Jaden Smith. Oh. On a Netflix series, so apparently he's. Have written we talked about how Jaden Smith drives me mental yet? Come on, no, I I don't know. 
not enough anyway yeah, tell I, us I mean first, first of all there's the fact that yeah, he tweets in title case yeah. every word starts with a capital letter it drives me mental like a clickbait how headline how even manage that like it's such a hard thing you won't do. believe how Jaden Smith tweets yeah <laughs> I'd say he reprogrammed his phone he's a genius he's, he's a visionary a yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah well that's the other thing yeah um you know, they've been talking about this show that they're doing. Yeah, so I think Ezra's actually writing it. Uh, it's this anime series dubbed Neo Yokio, mm-hmm. and uh, Jaden's going to be kind of d- d- doing the voice of the star. Um, I don't with know. Jude Law voicing his butler. Yeah, Jude Law is because what he's English, I guess. Yes. Is it for Netflix? Is it? Yeah, it is indeed. Yeah, and mm. I mean Koenig posted a screenshot uh, where you can see like a cartoon watch with the caption who cares what time is when the future is an interminable abyss of whackness now that gives me hope <laughs> for the show because I agree well now you see that <laughs> makes me worry because I yeah, know exactly. Jaden Smith's history with issues like this yeah if anybody hasn't seen the interview that Jaden and his sister Willow did with the New York Times a couple of years Amazing. ago, go back and read it. <laughs> it's absolutely stunning. Just a very brief taste here when they were asked, I'm curious about your experience of time. Do you feel like life is moving very quickly? Is your music one way to sort of turn it over and reflect on it? And the replies, Willow said, I mean, time for me, I can make it go slower, fast, however I please. And that's how I know it doesn't exist. <laughs> And Jaden chips in with it's proven that how time moves for you depends on where you are in the universe. It's relative to beings and other places. But on the level of being here on Earth, if you're aware in a moment, one second can last a year. And if you're unaware, your whole childhood, whole life can pass by in six seconds. But it's also such a thing that you get lost in because living. <laughs> are they just perpetually baked? <laughs> I, mean, I have no idea, man. Willow's, Willow's answer there, her profound response, uh, really puts a whole new spin on whip my hair. <laughs> Which, I'm sorry, the that's way, a jam. That's what I was going to yeah. say, though. I want it out there on record that whip my hair is a fucking banger. I yeah. still, to this day, when I'm playing at a college gig or whatever, I will put the whip my hair back and forth uh, a cappella over one of my own tracks to get people oh, to nice. I swear to God. <laughs> Maybe off the trade. <laughs> Play my college, don't you? Yes. Craig, <laughs> <laughs> Craig, Craig, you've got to, to Craig, you've got to run for like ends officer. Yeah, you totally yeah, 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 yeah. for everything. Class, yeah, class totally. rep. Craig, the uh, your your contacts at this stage would be insane. <laughs> just just yeah. imagine Craig is the sad wallflower in that club. I just whip my hair gets blared out <laughs> and solitary tear, and Craig being like, "I don't fucking like him." Dies all right, I suppose. All right, let's go for. Some tunes, yes. shall we? Okay, yeah. let's do it. Uh, should we go random number game? Oh, do you want to? I don't really care. Go on, yes. <laughs> go on. Four, four. All right, okay. It's the lads, the boys, the boys in green. It's you two. You two, it's called You're the Best Thing About Me. Now, last week there was a track called The Blackout, which was a live track that they had posted themselves. And I found myself thinking, this is kind of fun in a 90s throwback way. It's a bit of, you know, it's a bit of all right. This one sounds like the kind of opening theme tune to a Renford Rejects style football show. <laughs> and it's pretty not great, is it? 
Yeah, I mean, the chorus, it, it, like, it's so juvenile or something. And it opens quite nicely, I thought, like, that kind of mm. glitchy guitar. Yeah. And, you know, Bono, who genuinely does have an emotive voice, whether it's mm. always used to full effect or not, is debatable. But, yeah, it opens strongly enough. But then you're just like, oh, this is it's overly simple to it. Yeah, it does have that kind of the miracle of Joe Ramone. Like, the Edge is just not using effects on his guitar a little bit because they're all edgy now. Um, well, they were always edgy, in fairness, but anyway. Um, I'd say the, the best thing about this is that it doesn't veer completely into get on your sexy, sexy boots. Get on your hashtag boots. But it's very, very close. And this is the worst kind of U2 song where it's Bono singing about himself and being really like wink yeah. and a nudge and yeah, oh yeah. don't I go on a bit oh, but I'm a little scamp and I still scamp. wake up on beaches occasionally you still love me oh. dreadful stuff <laughs> <laughs> it's very much like a radio single like it's yeah, like yeah. really really clear and almost so much that I could see it like alienating some of the like the real proper diehard YouTube fans you know what I mean it doesn't actually feel Dave like Fanning. a proper yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'd be interested to see what Dave Fanning well, you says see, I guess that's you one thing. it again lads <laughs> that's one thing with YouTube though that they can afford to do that because I mean like yeah. The, the odds of alienating a diehard U2 fan That's the thing, yeah. 40 odd years later yeah. it's yeah. just not going to happen yeah they're a hardcore bunch to be fair yeah. Like, yeah there's no tragedy here it's just not very good yeah. Uh, yeah. also Craig I believe this song is called The Miracle of Joey Ramone yeah those brackets are important yeah. my friend Dave Apologies. they can't see you do the brackets on the podcast <laughs> I did the pause though I feel like people would understand the joke well you know there was it's some like my good- favourite Sigur Rós album <laughs> <laughs> Perfectly, yeah, yeah. Uh, there was some good stuff on the last record, and I like the kind of the idea of them going back to their upbringing and stuff. And thematically, it seemed to work. This one is a companion piece, "Songs of Experience," yeah. and apparently, it's Bono's intimate letters to friends, family, fans, and himself. <laughs> oh. I don't want to hear this record. I don't want to go to his postbox and I'm like, "Oh, what's this? Yeah. Oh, a little letter." Hey, it, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> it depends how intimate. If he goes full James Joyce and Nora Barnacle, oh, don't, don't even. Then, yeah, like lock Google the, the people, lock the man up. <laughs> don't Google it. Whatever you do. Number two, Dave. Thanks, Craig. Uh, I appreciate your commitment to this random number yeah. game. <laughs> it seems like Dahi and Colm have gone strike I, for I, this no, segment. I'll kick in the second over. Oh, I'm, I'm all in for this one. Okay. Um, this is a lady by the name of Molly King. The way you're crooning doesn't work for me. If you like me now, I know that you want to get again because you get around on me. Like me now, hey, you want to get on down because you get me on now. That song is called Hair Down. It's made in conjunction with the Xenomania crew, I believe. Pop merchant extraordinaires. Now, before we get there, you might ask, who's Molly King? Why is that name familiar? Here's why. She was one-fifth of the Saturdays. That's right. Who was your favourite Saturday? Uh, Frankie. Craig? I kind of like Molly. Susan B. Molly is number two here. Molly was number two on my Saturday's power ranking. I mean, it was probably Frankie. One above Una. This power ranking, I assume, is based on their vocal ability. Oh, Solely. And nothing else. Nothing else. Sure. Yeah. Let's Frankie, talk about the music. Uh, Frankie, fr- uh, Frankie, number one for me <laughs> as well. Uh, I thought Rochelle <laughs> was very know. good too. Uh, is that her name? I yeah. can't remember. No, Vanessa, I'm thinking of. <laughs> Nonetheless, um, <laughs> oh Rochelle God, was the other one in S Club Junior with Frankie's. Anyway, yeah, that, that, hence my <laughs> Lads, confusion. Come on. And they all like, they all yeah. have very powerful voices. So, the uh, Saturdays, yeah, I mean, like they had the odd belter. Like, yeah, um, I agree. Their breakthrough single was great. What was it called again? Uh, um. 
Up. Uh, it was up. called Up. up. Uh, yeah. Ego was fun as well. Yeah. So Molly King's going solo. She's making a solo run of it, and she teamed up with arguably the best in the business when it comes to this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Is this a little bit much? Yeah, it's way too much. This sounds like this sounds to me like a royalties-free track that a bad cheerleading squad would use, you know? <laughs> I think Welcome to Leighton Orion Showstoppers! <laughs> and this comes on. Um, she's doing Strictly Come Dancing at the end of this month, which suggests to me that they've rushed this single out to try to capitalise on it. Mm. I f- suggest that she will probably, at some stage, dance on that show to her own song. Synergy. Yeah. Dai, this is you know you you have some irons in these fire. You're all, <laughs> you're 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 a you're a hot bedroom producer type guy. <laughs> this track is absolutely nuts. Like it's absolutely <laughs> crazy. Like I actually went through because I was so shocked about how built it was. First of all, nananas are out. You're not allowed to do nananas anymore <laughs> unless it's pitched down or pitched up. You're not allowed. It's like a rule that's been put into pop music. Second of all, like the, the all the chorus stuff is all like you know how how you like me now. Just kind of like random words thrown together. <clears throat> but then she gets really specific yeah. in the verses. Like the first verse is like, "I'm pleased to meet your barbershop quartet," but that means you obviously ain't getting any sex, yeah, right? And so he, she calls out like people in barbershops, and then there's a football verse. The second one is just puns of football. The football stuff. verse is amazing. Yeah, it's all football puns until it gets to the bridge, at which point she talks about going another round. Which suggests she's created some sort of football fighting a hybrid. Shaolin soccer Molly King. It's Incredible. like she turns into like Sean Ryder or something or Marky Smith. It's just like bonkers. They just like they had a, like a ton of ideas, they threw it at the wall yeah. and just decided that it all stuck. And it was like, oh amazing. Like, that's incredible. Yeah, but it's it's very much their kind of patented sound from about a decade ago. But every idea they Ex- ever had except, except a slightly inferior your version exactly. of it yeah. and more horns now because it's oh, yeah. but you know what's really annoying about what Craig just said they did it a decade ago with Annie mm-hmm. yeah, uh, go yeah. listen to Annie right, yeah. Annie's fucking amazing she's one of the most underrated pop artists of the yeah. last like 10-15 years I mean they did the likes of Love Machine like they, they were all great pop songs yeah. this just sounds like a poor imitation interesting it's more as well like... I saw during the week they're doing Nadine Coyle's comeback single which oh, should be out uh, by the time God this almighty. drops so. the video on this Fantastic. as well also because it's called Hair Down has a very nice product placement of a hair dryer twice in the video <laughs> yeah. which I noticed very well I didn't watch the video because it's all about the music for me. <laughs> Number one, Dave. Cullum's not moved by visual imagery. <laughs> for example, snakes and that kind of thing. Which is why, we, once again, two weeks in a row, we're talking about her. It's Taylor Swift. Swift and Ellipsis Ready For It. (laughs) That's the song title there. Question. No. Question mark. So, has she been listening or has someone been listening to a bit of Grimes and a bit of Health, maybe? It's entirely possible. I mean, this is certainly an improvement from the first single. I don't think anybody will argue that. It wouldn't be hard. It was also revealed in a strange way where it got its first play on ESPN's college football coverage last mm. weekend. And apparently... That must have been such an amazing moment of synergy for you. I know, right? <laughs> but appar- apparently apparently, they're going to be rolling it out through their coverage over the next couple of months. There will be a few more singles revealed on college football coverage. She's also signed up with a... Culminating on her playing at 
halftime yeah, of the she's national also signed up with, uh, with AT&T she did like one of those hilarious videos with Andy Samberg about how you can have this app that goes behind the scenes of Taylor Swift and it's like right. a minute long clip and it's, it's it's funny because if she's all like oh the old Taylor's dead this is that video is so it's trying so hard to be like relatable and kind of you know like wholesome and fun and cute mm. and I'm like I thought the old t- Taylor was dead uh, mate I see, not I th- when it comes to big business as we said before <laughs> I think the final shot of the video which obviously came out a few days up after the first single, kind of suggested, yeah, yeah, like the old Taylor is dead, but like there was ten of them. I thought you didn't watch videos. This was an art piece. Yeah, this was an art piece. This was yeah. This wasn't just a simple promo. But, but yeah, I mean, I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's a decent track. It has a lot more by way of hooks. Is it even really decent? It's though? not great. I like. I mean, I think it's decent. Like that's as far as I'll go. Like when I'm saying Grimes and Health, I'm saying like diet, diet, diet. Grimes and Health. I mean, like you know, it's kind of like. If you yeah. listen to, like, say, New Coke by Health, which is one of the best tracks of 2015, I think it was, uh, it's got that kind of similar kind of, like, trying trying for the sinister bass thing that they do so yeah. fucking well. Now, granted, I mean, come on. I mean, like, unfair comparison, maybe because Health are geniuses when it comes to this kind of music, and Taylor's obviously only going to dip a toe. But at the same time, it does seem like it's not dissimilar to the Molly King track. It's trying for a, a lot. You know, it's what grabbing he, a lot of branches. Here's yeah. the thing, though. Like, that last, say, minute, 50 she even seconds, raps, man. whatever There's it is. Rap. Yeah, but the, the, the raps are, like, the full verses. Like, yeah, yeah, but the last 50 seconds a minute something like that when all of it comes together you're just like okay yeah, this yeah, actually yeah. sounds great. She does like the over. You just clearly have, yeah, but yeah. they clearly just haven't been able to break down those elements totally, yeah, yeah. to stand on their own the, as such. The choruses are actually really, really strong, I yeah. think. And then, but the verses, I think the bass line doesn't actually sound that great as an actual sound. It's a bit irritating. I agree. And then the pro- I think one of the problems is as well is that she, as we said before, she do, she does like a rap through it. But the problem is. I'd say, whatever, 10 years ago, if she was doing a rap like that, it's perfect. But the standard for pop music rap has gotten so, like, kind of high with, like, somebody like Nicki Minaj or Drake or whatever that it just kind of, it doesn't sound believable at all, which is, like, a big thing about modern pop music now, you know? Yeah, Yeah, like, she sounds like she's on this kind of, you know, Taylor versus the world thing, which she did, like, perfectly with, you know, Shake It Off. She should just Mm -hmm. move on and concentrate on her strengths. This is her trying to, like... I'd say the big takeaway from this is we're all referencing better, like artists that are yes, better yeah, at doing yeah. these things and she's just kind of grabbing at stuff. There's no distinct Taylor Swift thing. I don't, like her her kind of attitude thing, her rapping thing, it's not, yeah. it's not. My sister said it was kind of like inferior sleigh bells. You could say it's inferior to a lot of stuff. I just didn't like it. One little bit. All right, two numbers left, guys. Uh, let's go three. Okie doke, it's St. Vincent. She's back. The lost ages hang out by the bar Burn the pages of unwritten memoirs But I can keep running, no, oh, I can keep running uh-uh. Oh, uh-uh. This track is called Los Ageless. Uh, Owen Murray, who is the reviews editor for the Thin Air, fine website, fan of the show, he put up a thing on Twitter where he said that this album is going to cauterize music itself. (laughs) And I very quickly scolded him because I thought his take take was a bit too searing. Uh, I like St. Vincent. I don't love St. Vincent. This is all right, I suppose. It's good. I mean, like, like it's, it's not blowing me away. Yeah, I, I found it very mediocre, to be honest. Yeah, I, 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 like, I saw some of this sort of outlandish she, response. Uh, she attracts an outlandish response. She does, yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, like, if I were to say to you, Dave, that Jack Antonoff, mm. 
the guy who's From producing this record yeah. is also the man who was responsible for co-writing and producing Lord's record. Uh, I know this. Would that right. make some sense here? Sure, although this is better than anything on the Lord record. Yeah, but I think it's still That's incorrect. No, it's fucking set that record on fire and throw it down a fucking... <laughs> some great stuff on that, throw man. Throw it down a ditch. I, I just think this is... It's just a bit of a mess. And it's very strange to read the kind of statements that have come out about this new album, Mass Seduction, which is due in a month or two, and her saying that, like, it's my most, you know, revealing autobiographical album. And it's like, well, I've rarely been left scratching my head by a song as much as I am with this. I'm just left thinking, what did I just hear? Yeah, I saw the title and I was like, oh, God, this is going to be bad. I think, actually, she handles the subject matter a lot more deftly than I thought What's she would. What's the subject matter, though, Craig? Listen, LA will swallow you up, mate. All right, <laughs> all right. At least it's not just a Red Hot Chili Peppers writing songs about California. That's got to be worth something. Um, let's go back to Grimes. <laughs> she, she did it better. She is wore she, it better. Is she clearly, like, is she positioning herself in this kind of, like, for a pop crossover? Is that what we're getting with this record? You've got to think so. Did she not so. kind yeah. of do that on the last record? On no. Ditch the Witness? No, I don't know. I think that was after the fact possibly it blew up a bit. And that would kind of concern you. I do actually like, thematically I think that pop sheen with a bit of jaggedness does work. There's enough of her kind of guitar stuff going on that I enjoy it. And the kind of hooks are biting enough for me. I enjoyed it. I'm like, I, I wasn't blown away. Um, but yeah, it left me intrigued. The album artwork is laughably pretentious, but uh, Pitchfork have described it as amazing because, of course, they would. Oh, that's just kind of fluo shoot, is it? It's, uh, it's, uh, it's just, it's just, it's, it's annoying. It's terrible. <laughs> uh, look, like, I, I don't understand. Hang on, she gave out about uh, capitalist this week, though, didn't she? I did, yeah. yeah, yeah, on Monday. Snarky tweet about she, Labor Day. Big words for a woman charging a hundred bucks to meet her fucking guitar. <laughs> <laughs> but what a guitar! <laughs> what a guitar! Oh, actually, sorry, that's another thing here, man. This song worked just fine without throwing like a seven-note guitar solo oh, lick think? after oh, the first no. chorus. There's, there's, also a, there's also a minute fade out. Yeah, in which she almost kind of preemptively apologizes if you didn't like her attempt at a love song, where it's just like, and that's just me, and it's like, <laughs> what do I know? Yeah. <laughs> New York was the last track, was it? Mm. Yes, yeah, and I think that's way better, much better. Yeah. Um, this one there's kind of a thing that I always think with, with St. Vincent tracks like the really really great ones always have like her doing the vocal stuff over the top and then there's like always like this one lead kind of sound that like like takes kind of a, a hook or something like that you know she usually has like a very clear guitar tone like cutting through so that you immediately recognise the track I don't think this track really had that you know it's basically just her singing over pretty nondescript stuff you yeah. know it wasn't a huge one I find that when we have a full podcast house and a good guest, as we do today, there's Strength in Numbers, which is coincidentally the name of the final track in Song of the Week. That's uh, that's Prophets of Rage. We've heard from them once already. Of course, this is the supergroup made up of ex-members of Rage Against the Machine and Chuck D of Public Enemy and a couple of other lads of Public Enemy, I think, as well. Maybe. Yeah, and one of the guys from Cypress Hill. Yeah, yes, and we weren't blown away by what we heard. It all sounded a little bit generic, a little bit kind of college rock radio, and this ain't changing that game. Oh. No, it's not. Um, it's got a very irritating pinch harmonic thing going on throughout the song. It sounds yeah. like a chicken. Sounds like a clucking well, chicken. It straight up does. Like, <laughs> I mean... 
I, I don't see where this project is going. Simply well, because they're going to save America. There doesn't seem to be any development in this sound other than. Like, okay, the guys who were in Rage Against the Machine, let's us just play a Rage Against the Machine song over <laughs> yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, And you guys, like, do yeah, your turn down some bars, bit. like, you know? It's yeah. No, it's just straight away with that riff, you're just like, oh, Tom, you're really phoning it in these <laughs> yeah. days. It's very sub Zeppelin y. And I mean, Tom Morell has been talking about, he says, if we can be as united in the streets as we are in the mosh pit, things will be all right. It's like, mosh pits aren't united yeah people running into each other (laughs) (laughs) this does unfortunately make the case that Zach Del Rock is doing the right thing in not reforming Rage Again for for a full record I I think so we all desperately want a new one and of course the turmoil of the world would almost demand it but he seems to be sticking to his guns so Zach can you please put out that fucking solo album that you've been you know that apparently mythically is locked in some vault somewhere please if you're trying to kill time the Prophets of Rage album is out next Friday but uh, yeah, my expectations wouldn't be sky high for it. No, it won't be great. <laughs> <laughs> right, we did get two records this week, uh, though. In fact, we got more than two records. It was a ridiculous week. Did for anybody releases. listen to the script album? I listened to bits of it. Freedom Child by the script. Uh, no, I listened to Divided States of America at one point. Is uh, are they giving profits a rage or run for their money or? Oh no! It, it, it's, let, let's talk about it after the pod. Danny, you done his profits of rage. Hashtagging hashtag Dave. Okay. Um, right from the mountain of albums that were released last Friday, we've picked two. Uh, Mogwai released every country's son. We've listened to one or two of the tracks from it before, including weirdly a vocal track. This is Party in the Dark. And that is from Mogwai's album, Every Country's Son. Dave, you are a fan of this band. I am. Presumably because Cool Vereen was a pretty decent first release and Party in the Dark was a little bit of a curveball, I suppose, for the second single out of the bat. Expectations were high enough. High enough, yeah. I mean, like Mogwai, of course, are one of those bands that have a degree of limitations, even when they do bring in vocals, which they have done before. There are Mogwai tracks out there with vocals on them. But Stuart Brightway really kind of the bull from, uh, by the horns on this one. Uh, the last record, Rave Tapes, and then you know you, know, you had like the soundtrack, uh, Atomic. They also mm. worked on a soundtrack with Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross uh, for Before the Flood. So yeah. they've like they haven't been, you know, they, they put out a lot of content, I suppose, in the last few years. And sure, and of course you have Minor Victories thrown in there for Yeah, of course. And, and I think all of those projects have had merits, but none of them have been, you know, career best work or anything. Uh, Rave Tapes is a good record, but it's not a great one. And you do worry about bands like this and bands like Explosions in the Sky that they will eventually hit a wall, and that it's very hard for them to kind of get out of that wall. Mm. This is a Mogwai record. You're getting a Mogwai record, which is you know kind of predominantly instrumentals of an epic sweeping scale. The Party in the Dark is almost kind of an outlier. It's yeah. one of the only tracks with vocals on there, and certainly the one with the most direct vocals on it. Now, I've seen some criticisms of this, kind of saying like, 
I, I, I want to have a full record of this. And, you know, like, that would be so much more interesting. I think that's a bit of a reductive, lazy criticism, personally. As for this album, I think this is one of the best records of the year. I think it's one of the best Mogwai records that have ever been created. I think that this is them finding something new, and it's one of their most complete offerings, I think, from start to finish. The title track, Every Country Sun, is an all-timer for me. They have got a really good narrative going here, uh, just purely musically. Do you think? Uh, I think so. See, I, I really think struggled so. with that here, I must really? say. I mean, it's funny that you said, you know, like that they might hit a wall and, and find a way around it. For me, it's almost as though like they've found too many routes. They've been able to go above, below, and around, and the, so end up with like some really I, rather I, approachable I tracks think the here. Are there. But you like, see, I think there's like there's approachable tracks here, and then you've got like the sort of slightly avant-garde, you know, instrumental stuff that's like quite inaccessible. A track like AK forty seven, for instance, like or AKA forty seven, should I say, feels like such a letdown after crossing the road material, which has that like beautiful mogwai build and yeah. you know still has that sort of directness it goes like all the way to sort of like old poisons towards the end of the album just reminds me of like being deafened at Electric Picnic 2006 when I first saw the band Old Poisons is, it feels like a sister track to like Batcat or yeah. like, off the Hawk is Howling but yeah, like I, I wouldn't. I know, I, like I think I agree with your point. I wouldn't maybe use inaccessible. It just kind of, it was pleasant. It passed me by. There wasn't a lot of bills to a lot of these tracks. I mean, something like "Don't Believe the Fife." You're kind of. It's such a. Can, g- can we just pause and just the title? Props? <laughs> yeah. yeah, they've yeah, always yeah. been good at titles. <laughs> titles are great. Like yeah. that, titles that's great. a title. Yeah. Crossing the raw material, like bat- uh, battered at, at the scramble. Don't Even believe the five. Yeah. No, but don't, don't, don't believe the five is Fantastic. as good as Public Enemy themselves when they made Rebel without a pause. Like yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. yeah, very much so. But it starts with such a kind of beautiful motif, and you're hoping for it to build. And it does, and there's a huge payoff, and it's it's a great moment. As Dave said, the title track's fantastic, and I really enjoyed the party in the dark thing. It's like I I want them to do more vocal kind of stuff. If for, this ended up sounding like Mer- like turn of the century Mercury Rev to me or something, yeah. and it was really really good. Yeah. And that's why like the other stuff kind of pales in comparison. It's just like oh, this is default Mogwai. It sounds gorgeous. Dave Friedman's been back on board for the first time in years, right? Yeah, that's right. It sounds beautiful, but it. Pass me by, Probably no matter how many times I listen. Like Mercury Rev, right? Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but I, I mean, yeah, it's it's not that anything here is actually bad, so to speak. It's just that some of it, you can maybe see the influence of sound tra- soundtrack work oh, very and soundscaping so, yeah. and stuff yeah. like that. There's almost probably material here for two albums, but I don't know if it was meshed together properly. I wonder if going all Craig or indeed Kendrick Lamar and re- rearranging some of the tracks here <laughs> might actually provide a different twist yeah I, I really really liked it um, I wouldn't usually listen to uh, Mogwai a huge amount and uh, as somebody who kind of didn't listen to it a lot like I w- had this on pretty much constantly for the whole week um, I think Old Poisons is one of the best songs I've heard this year to be honest I absolutely love that track and it really like you know it kind of challenges you all the way up to a point and then like really rewards you in the second half of mm. that track it's like this really feel good thing um, I think their synth work was really really nice aka 47 I really really like the synth stuff in it um, I don't know I, I think it makes a good case for the idea that albums are still alive you know you have to listen to the whole thing I think from start to finish I couldn't like pick out a single track and listen to it I kind of needed the whole thing together um, so yeah I really really enjoyed it I really liked it 
Yeah, I do think that this works as an enveloping experience. I found myself kind of committing to it, not feeling ever really feeling bored and not wanting to go and listen to something else and I, I say that as someone who often has to go and listen to a rake of other music particularly this week when we're going, we have another album to look at which itself is you know about an hour and ten minutes or whatever mm-hmm. it is um, and I just kept coming back to it and I just really kind of sank into it I, I really kind of it, it, it created an atmosphere that lulled me in and kept me there and I can understand, you know, at this stage of the game for Mogwai, you can you, you could make the argument, well, hey, look, you know, we've heard all before and we've heard it better. It's like nine albums, is it? Like the ninth I album? I think it's their ninth album for sure. Jeez. It's got to be up there. Yeah. And they have, yeah, they have an awful lot of material. And I think this holds up. I think this is up there with the best stuff that they've done individually and as an album. And I agree with Dahi that, like, this is a very strong case for the album working as an album. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of disappointed, um, Cullum, that you didn't, and Craig, that you didn't quite love it as much as I did but then again I mean like you know I do have a bit of a graw for this band graw. Indeed, yeah. as you know so for me uh, it's a strong 8 it's an 8 out of 10 it's a 6.5 for me yeah I was going to go 6.5 as well I go for an old 8 as well and good stick with you Dave there you go. good man Dave's got to stick together you know? strength in numbers eh <laughs> okay there was one other album that came out of course and it's the album that everyone's been talking about it's LCD Sound System and their American Dream Call the Police, it was the first single that was released alongside the title track when it came out. We talked about it on the show, and we talked about Tonight, the third single, and I think we were all kind of coming at it from the same point of view, that we thought that Call the Police and Tonight were decent, but, you know, we kind of heard it before better. And that American Dream, the title track, may well have been the best one. It was the more melancholic fare that, you know, James Murphy seems to like to do. Now... So, uh, whenever we review records on the show, we like to kind of come in blind in terms of not knowing what each other's things. But Colm and I did a segment for Radio Nova at the weekend in which I kind of, you know, revealed how I... That was on Sunday as well. I don't know how you feel now. Okay, well, at the time, I said it was uh, pretty bad and that I felt that a lot of people were reacting to it with uh, much more fervent than my Mogwai kind of, you know, affection. A lot of people, I feel, desperately want and almost need this record to be a brilliant piece of work because of what LCD Sound System means for them from a kind of formative, nostalgic, you know, just pure love point of view, I suppose. I think this is one of the most laughable records of the year. I think it's up there with Arcade Fire and Lord in terms of a prestige act putting out an obnoxious piece of work that doesn't (laughs) quite work. And I think the more I listen to it, the more I want to get away from it. I think lyrically it's appalling in places. I think that it's we've heard it all before. I can't quite believe some of the tracks in terms of just their 
complete and utter lack of focus and their indulgences. And I think, for example, like, you know, everyone keeps pointing to How Do You Sleep, which I believe is the big 10-minute epic. Yeah, now, no, in, in that track, I mean, like, thank you, you took the words Bono, from my mouth. You have those hilariously rolling drums, and he sounds so much like Bono, and like the worst kind of Bono. He yeah. sounds like a splice of Bono, and that bit in Metallica, Some Kind of Monster, where they're listening to James Heffield, and the, his big track where he's just screaming, like as Lars Ulrich's dad says, sends someone screaming in an echo chamber and then eventually five minutes in you're rewarded with the like boom 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 and it's like oh man this is so epic these big synths they've done it so much better 10 11 12 years ago yeah but you know what here's the thing okay when we were discussing tonight a few weeks ago i said that that song and indeed the songs that we'd had before don't sound like the catalyst for a reunion they didn't sound like that thing that james murphy's gonna selling like and especially that he's gonna gonna get up someday and go I should get really get the band back together because I have something to say. It wasn't showcased on Tonight. It wasn't showcased on American Dreamer and Call the Police. It's there in that track. Like, that's something that he's clearly been wanting to get off his chest ever since he had a legal battle with your man who started DFA with him. Yeah, it's, it's a massively passive-aggressive call-out over this course of about 10 Well, minutes. I mean, it, it goes to straight aggression-aggression after a while. Like, um, Sorry, what's his name? Tim Goldsworthy. It's, um, it's so embarrassing. Like, like that stuff about like you know, like you know, you warned me about the cocaine, but you know, you were doing the cocaine. Yeah. But you warned me about the cocaine, <laughs> but you were doing the cocaine. I'm like, oh Jesus Christ, James, <laughs> this is bad. This yeah. is bad. Especially as you say, when it's like early U2 themselves aping Joy Division, and you're just the problem with this record and the, like this band for me, even though they have some great songs, is I'm constantly thinking of. All of the music that James Murphy loves that he's trying to, like, he's trying to match literally sound for sound. Um, and he's kind of been inferring that the reason for this record is because David Bowie, Bowie told, told him, him to it. do it. And it's like, he didn't tell you to, like, Which rip absolutely off all of his Berlin stuff, did that he? By, that, <laughs> by the way, also sound, that, by the way, also sounds absolutely yeah. like the defense of the scene alone man uses after killing someone <laughs> David Bowie told me to do it um, or a character in Twin Peaks uh, yay I mean you see here's, here's the thing though like a track like that a track like Black Screen which is well. the Bowie tribute oh, track yes which the very very long interminable song hold on but it's, 12 minutes. 12 like, minutes, yeah. th- Those songs, A, for me, have the effect of making a lot of the other tracks in the album sound comparatively urgent and accessible and short. You've got like, you know, five and a half minutes. The most urgent one being the hilariously titled Emotional Haircut. Yeah. That song, is, ru- that song is rubbish. You do, do you think? It's crap. I think that song is fine. It's crap. I like it. It's fine. It's a and bit the, annoying in a kind of drunk girl's way. Yeah, there, there's a bit, like, there's, quite, there's quite a bit of this album that I found... <laughs> reasonably enjoyable yeah I mean there's like because their sound is like synthesizing all of it he's like he's got such great taste that yeah. of course it's gonna if they're anyway competent it's gonna end well, up sounding I have this good. big issue though with a lot of it where it kind of I don't know the, the stuff that I really love about uh, um, LCD sound system is, is how kind of like it used to be so raw and when you listen to like the older stuff it's kind of his voice is like right up in your ears all the time sure, yeah, this yeah. has so much reverb everywhere and he feels like miles back as if he's not even confident about what he's saying that he's like like totally soaked himself in reverb and that the only track that that doesn't do that is tonight which i think is the most standout track out of it to be honest because he's like right in there on top of you and everything is kind of much more clear and, and clarifying lcd are kind of 
I don't know. I'm kind of nervous about this album as a whole because I really think that LCD get their mythical, legendary status not from the actual band, but from the places you were when you were listening to the records. Before, yeah, to an right? extent for sure. Like the LCD to me are like being in Galway at house parties in the morning, kind of like, and that's where it gets its amazing kind of stuff. So like, I don't think unless this album gets played loads at like places that I'm at, I don't really see it kind of getting up to that standard. You know, um, wasn't a huge fan of the record overall. Um, I think there was like. Certain places that it got really, really good, and some of the drum stuff is incredible as usual. Some of it will go across really well live, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, definitely, but, uh, definitely. Yeah. And you have to feel that yeah, lifting five or six tracks from this for a live set is at least part of like what this album achieves. Yeah, true, yeah, you can't take yeah. that away. I mean, the band are good at what they do. Like yeah. a, a track like I used to, which I really fucking think is great because he actually has written a melody, mm-hmm. and then it erupts into this great kind of guitar thing. Like there's moments where you're just like, oh yeah, I can get on board with this, but overall it feels so thin and malnourished compared to the stuff he's drawing on. Um, and yeah, that's the thing. Like I think he gets very far on like the goodwill of people being like, he's one of us. He's like a you know he's he's music into the music. He's a muso yeah. and blah blah blah, boy done good kind of thing. This goes beyond though, like kind of merely pointing to the likes of yeah and losing my edge and being like, holy shit, you did this so much better ten years ago. It goes beyond that because you get a song like Other Voices with lyrics like um, morning you know, ablutions. <laughs> make your way to the, make your way to the toilet. These morning ablutions are all part of the dance, and all the doors are locked. It's like tinfoil hats, man. And I'm like the James Murphy of t- who wrote Losing My Edge would hate this yeah. guy. So he would such a hate waste. this song. That, yeah, like that song has such a waste of Nancy Wang as well because she's like oh she's my yeah. she yeah. is right? buried on this Juan record McLean are like incredible she is buried she's like so on this good. record all that shit robot stuff is really really good and like she comes in on that and she goes like tell it and then she's like oh, such a waste of her like yeah, it's yeah. just because she's so I found good myself, like, I found myself like, like I, 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 I said like on the last show like you know I, I've like gone for like a long walk with an album you know like kind of mm. like just really get into it get away from any other distractions like you know just throw the headphones on go for a walk I was getting annoyed like I was like this is a chore this is a chore to listen to, and I know people need it to be good. I know they need some validation. I mean, I definitely uh, think... I'm sorry, like, it's trash. It's not trash. It's, it's trash. It's not, mate. This it, album is trash. This, this, is, this album is way too good to be described as trash. Yeah, its main weakness for me is that, in terms of style, in terms of substance, and in terms of just kind of like different elements, they so rarely arrive at the same time. Yeah. The tracks that have substantive lyrics, it seems are some of the worst melodically. The right, tracks yeah, that yeah, yeah. are a great point, yeah. real bangers are the ones where he starts coming out with a bit of nonsense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's very difficult to sort there's of... There's so much coke... Set your watch There's so much, that. like, coked-out psychosis nonsense on this. Just, like, Christ I don't know. It's, it's definitely his dark record. Like, he's trying to make a grand <laughs> yeah. statement. But it's just not really coming together. But they're, they're, in terms of those two extremes, I mean, Dave, you're calling it trash. I read today the Guardian review, which gave it five stars. Five stars yeah. Was it by your boy? No, it wasn't no, by my boy. Um, I can't remember who the writer was. Uh, apologies. Oh, I'm going to slag off the review anyway. Um, <laughs> but like they're talking about the opening track being like, well, this kind of amazing reimagining of someone, you know. It's, it's suicide. Everyone's saying suicide and it sounds so much more like fucking Yazoo. Yeah. <laughs> But he's lifting his own melodies as well, which was our problem. We're just like, this is a redundant. He, he didn't need to get the band back together, yeah, unless no. he did financially. Uh, so immediately I'm just like, not only are you pinching from other artists, you're now just copying your better stuff. <laughs> uh, the reviews have been hysterical, and 
to the point where you know, God, the pitchfork review. Was just, oh my God! What was the what was the score? Fawning is a different level. Uh, eight point five or something. Yeah, like it's getting tons and tons of like just overblown hyperbole. And I want the people like <laughs> like the people who wrote like the people like the people like the people who wrote <laughs> reviews of MBV when my buddy Valentine released MBV and everyone decided it was the greatest thing of all time. I want you to go back in six months and I want you to look at yourselves in the mirror and realize how wrong you were mm. this is a 3 out of 10 album and I never want to hear it ever again ah, it's b- better than that I would go 5.5 maybe even a 6 there's chunks of this that are going to be great live and an album that yeah probably is not going to be held in the same esteem as the rest of his career yeah like I'd give it a 6 just because I think it sounds it sounds listenable to me but I don't <laughs> like the overall <laughs> put it on the poster <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. 6 yeah yeah uh, yeah, I'll come back to a couple of these tracks, I think. I won't go yeah, back to the whole album, cool, but cool. I will come back to some of the so I'll go for a six as well. Yeah. Okay. okay. Mm. So long, James. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what? A quick reminder of the live show. Yes. And indeed of the Dublin Podcast Festival as a whole. Of course. The first ever Dublin Podcast Festival is happening this September 19th to the 30th. Brian Reed from S-Town, My Dad Wrote a Porno, Scroobius Pips, Distraction Pieces, Criminal, The Memory Palace and Welcome to Night Vale are all coming to town. Joining them are great Irish podcasts like Jarlith Regan's and Irishmen Abroad, The Women's Podcast, Dublin, What's the Story Pod, With This Feels Terrible. The all-day podcast extravaganza is an all-day event including Fair Game, The Sunday Sermon, Stoneface Film Podcasts, Inside Politics and Potterooney with wonderful Headstuff Podcast Network pods like Personality Bingo, The Alison Spittle Show, Juvenalia, No Encore, Reviewables and With Relish. That's the 19th to the 30th of September. Definitely an event not to be missed. Tickets are available from Ticketmaster and usual outlets. More information on dublinpodcastfestival.ie and headstuff.org. The Dublin Podcast Festival is brought to you by Headstuff and Aiken Promotions. How did you throw your voice like that? It's pretty impressive. It's very impressive. Can you do that live? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> if yes, you turn up on Whelan's <laughs> 28th of September, you might just find out. Yeah, Whelan's 28th of September, Dahi Elaine May, Overhead the Albatross, No Encore Life 2. Also, I'm probably not going to call your favourite band or artist trash on the night. <laughs> I might. <laughs> you coward. But I probably <laughs> won't, okay? So and we'll, all, of we'll all hang out afterwards and have a pint. It'll be fine. I'm actually a nice guy. <laughs> Can Some James thing. Murphy join us after his gig? Yeah, no one's going to imagine, oh, yeah. imagine we bumped into him Listen, James Murphy, <laughs> I, I will have a bottle of Beaujolais with James Murphy's name yeah. on it and he's, he's like I heard right? what you said Dave I heard what you said you were right I shouldn't have released that record that's actually the opening of an LCD I heard I'm what you said Dave I heard, I heard what you, you said, said. Yeah. alright sign us off man give us some Irish music to play us out oh okay I thought you were going to like tell us about the script oh no, it's just really I bad. Said after the podcast. Oh, sorry, uh, sorry, sorry. I, I actually was waiting for for more. Uh, in terms of other listening, I've been listening to all the songs that were featured in Twin Peaks: The Return, and yeah. you know, mm. people have made those playlists on Spotify. I'd recommend looking them up. Dahi, we will see you again on the twenty eighth of September, but, but not Can't before wait. then. I'm going to actually like, oh, actively yeah, put yeah. you out of my social yeah. life until then. Thanks okay, man. guys. The boxer getting ready for a fight. <laughs> yeah. As always, we like to close out the show with some Irish music. And who better than Rusingano Family, who yeah. released a surprise track ahead of their electric picnic appointment last week? It's called Tea in a Pot. It's got a cool video, and it's a good song because they seem to only do good songs. My name is Dave Hannity. This has been the one. Say goodbye now. There will be no encore. <laughs> bye. This is Rusingano Family. <laughs> See you bye. later. <laughs> See you later. Bye.
I'm limerick, like a five-line portrait, but there's nothing funny about this kid. Dope MC, though I'm not from the streets. Eyes on the throne like the son of a king. Prince of the game, Assassin's Creed. Eat these beats with Assassin's Greed. Blow competitions out of the sea whenever I make that sea pop bleed. Who's that picking in my window frame? While I get a pick at this people's brain. When I play a part in the sequels, then come take a seat at the table's end. Watch me pour some tea in your mug. Get some reality out your mug. I know, you'll be sleeping on your job. It's time to get those wages up with some tea in the pot. Tea in the pot. Y'all better know I got tea in the pot. Monday, Friday, Sunday. Every day in my yard, there's tea in the pot. Tea in the pot. Tea in the pot. I got tea for the whole team in the pot. Even though everything is falling apart, then I give thanks for the tea in my pot. Tea in the pot. Tea in the pot. Y'all better know I got tea in the pot. Sunday, Monday, Friday. Every day in my gaff, there's tea in the pot. Tea in the pot. Tea in the pot. I got tea for the whole team in the pot. Even though everything is falling apart, then I give thanks for the tea in my pot. Well, my name is John Mix Williams. It's ketchup. Cause I don't like mustard beets. No disrespect to the man. Skep said the best. That's not me. What's that in your mug? That's not tea. Where's the lines? Where's the berries? Where? No flavors, no berries. Grand the lands, grand the men. Amen. It's not Earth's restaurant, Scottles is rubber. Could have been a pullover, but I left Sheffield. That went over your head, then put down your hood. Put down the guns, pick up the funds, pull out the vibe. Can't fun base, but your man's still a Christian. Big nasty, warm me up our fake. But I love everybody. Tea in the park, tea in the park. Y'all better know I got tea in the park. Sunday, Monday, Friday. Every day in my yard, there's tea in the park. Tea in the park, tea in the park. I got tea for the whole team in the park. Even though everything is falling apart. Then I give thanks for the tea in my park. Tea in the park, tea in the park. Y'all better know I got tea in the park. Sunday, Monday, Friday. Every day in my gaff, there's tea in the park. Tea in the park, tea in the park. I got tea for the whole team in the park. Even though everything is falling apart. Then I give thanks for the tea in my park. Somebody tell Anonymous. On the message board, I too am searching for my Irish accent. Sipping and spitting, that's multitasking. Two sugars, that's if you're asking. See? I'm capable, I'm able, I'm in lunch. After lunch, I'm coming to the seat at the table. No fables. You do, do, do not push me off my stride. That's too far, you don't wanna try. Unless you fall short like a jumbo dry. I wear a tea on my back with pride. That's for my team, not a beverage. Not a big but sicker than your average. Usually too deep for a bandage. Today, I bring the heat to the surface. In a park. In a pot, in a pot, let's see in a pot, in a pot, let's see in a pot, in a pot, for the man this tea in a pot, for the man them tea in a pot, for the gallon tea in a pot, for the tea tea in a pot, tea in a pot, tea in a pot, for the man them tea in a pot, for the gallon tea in a pot, everybody tea in a pot. This podcast is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. The only thing better than grinding all night for your side hustle is your roommate picking you up with Mickey D's breakfast. The perfect pickup deal. There's a deal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, taste breakfast perfection when you get a warm and savory sausage McMuffin with egg for just $2.50. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Hi, this is Paige from Giggly Squad, and I want to talk to you about Splash Refresher and my water intake. Okay, so you guys obviously know that I'm a hydrated girly, but sometimes when you drink that much water it starts to just taste bland and you're just like, I need something to spice it up. That's why I love Splash Refresher. It has zero sugar, zero calories, and it's a splash of sweetness. And they come in five different flavors. They're 
so good wild berry acai grape pineapple mango lemon and mandarin orange my favorite is the wild berry because i just i just love a berry so if you're like me and you're drinking water all day then try splash refresher it's going to absolutely change your water game and it's good for you imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt now imagine them getting even softer over time that's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.